Hey everybody, this is your co-host Jason Madden. Welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast where we do just that. Doing the thing to help you overcome procrastination and build a legacy of wealth and success in your relationships, career, and business. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, doing some things different this week. Again, uh, probably going to do a lot more unique things moving forward with the podcast. Heck, we're even talking about rebranding. Who knows? <coughs> Who knows? But lots of cool stuff today. Uh, we're live on Facebook again. So we're going to talk about DISC. DISC is a tool that Phil and I like to use in our coaching practice. Has a lot of great utility on helping people figure out what some of their blind spots are, kind of giving some more uh, intentionality towards your who and your what and your why. Um, but that's, you know, just one of the many, many things that you could use it for. So DISC is an acronym. Uh, so those of you that don't know, it's D-I-S-C. That D is for your dominant communication styles, where you're, you're results-driven, you're direct, and you're competitive, I is your influential traits. You're enthusiastic, you're friendly, you're optimistic. S is for that steadiness that some of us have, where you're sincere, you're patient, modest. Usually the S's have the most friends. Uh, then you have the C, which is your, your compliance or your conscientiousness. Uh, that's accuracy, caution, and contemplativeness. So I just kind of wanted to preface this a little bit before we go into what we're about to do today, uh, just so you guys have a little bit of a uh, uh, perspective of, of what DISC is all about. So Dr. Leroy recently did a DISC and Driving Forces Executive Assessment. And Phil, he's kind of our resident DISC expert. He's going to read that assessment. And we're going to kind of go over what, what makes Dr. Leroy tick. Uh, what, what are some of his uh, key attributes and his driving forces? So, Phil, if you want to go ahead and get to it, let's roll. Yeah, thank you. And that's the first time I've been called an expert this year, I think. <laughs> In the year is almost over. I appreciate that very much. And uh, before we take a look at the actual results, I want to say a couple of things. First, I want to thank Dr. Leroy for putting himself up and out there on the screen. Um, in your case, it's not so brave because there's a lot of really cool things that I read about you in your report. But nonetheless, thank you for that bravery and for stepping up. We appreciate it. Um, the folks that Jason and I work with are in career transition, right? And it, as we've talked about many times in the podcast, it's important not to step on the treadmill and make the same mistakes in the next move that perhaps you made in this move, right? And right. part of um, avoiding those mistakes is understanding who you are, how you tick, and what best suits you from an environmental perspective. So <coughs> as we talk through this, Dr. Leroy, I know that you're not in career transition, but we're going to pretend a little bit as if you were. Um, and that'll just give some uh, context, I think, for the things that we talk about. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is DISC defines a couple different things. Your communication and behavioral styles, which are important to understand, and we'll see some reasons why. And then, you know, that defines the person that people see, the person that you feel you are. Um, but then the motivating factors get into why you are that person. So hopefully that introduction made sense. And man, we're going to jump live. Can you all see my screen? Yes. 
Got it. So let me ask you this, first of all, Dr. Leroy, reading through the narrative, what were your first impressions? Um, narrative, meaning when I took the test? Yeah, when, when you saw the results from the test. Like I said, I was really surprised uh, when I took it because it was late in the day and I wanted to uh, get it out of the way. And by the way, Jason, and actually did go to my promotions in inbox of my email. So you did send it to me. I don't know why it went there. But anyway, um, so when I first did it, um, I was really tired. I was like, you know what? I I'm trying to go through it, you know, not lie on it, basically, but trying to keep in tune with it. And when I first looked at it, I was like, because uh, I've taken disassessments before and I've actually taught a little bit about disc assessments and Myers-Briggs and all that. So being on this side of the fence, being on this side of the fence, um, it was it was pretty straightforward about personality. I mean, I knew it was going to test on. But uh, what surprised me, my results did surprise me, though, um, that it was accurate, 99% accurate of what my, I guess, personality stock would be. So that's either super cool or super creepy, right? Because it's almost like, hey, did somebody put a camera in my office and they've been watching me? Um, but the realities are the mechanics behind the DISC assessment, um, they ask the same question many different times. And yes. what happens is you stop overthinking, which is the goal, and instead you answer reflexively and honestly. And it sounds like that's what happened. And right. that's why this report was produced so accurately. So... You know, in reading about you, visionary, extremely driven by results, um, but your focus is on people and process, right? And um, so it's always interesting in the beginning parts of the narrative to read about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Leroy embraces visions not always seen by others. This is what people who build organizations will commonly see. These are what CEOs and visionaries commonly see in the report. So that's why I say there's a lot of really cool stuff about you. But then you read something like this. Um, Leroy should realize that at times he needs to think a project through beginning to end before starting the project. What did you think about that? Well, uh, that's on point. I mean, it's... Uh... I don't know why I say it sh I should realize it because I do think a project from beginning again. But uh, in the past, I used to just jump into things and say I'll do it, uh, not realizing the implications and implications and uh, the complications of said projects. So um, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say disagree with the statement, but I would have worded differently. Is that I do think about projects before I get into it. Of course you do. And that was exactly what I was hoping you'd say, because the reality is um, DISC attempts to identify how you're wired. What it does not identify is all of that professional development, that self-reflection that you go through as a professional. And it sounds like a while back you realized, hey, I do tend to jump in with both feet. So I, you, you, you bring yourself to a place where you get more analytical. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened for you. Um, mm -hmm. So anyone who participates in DISC, you're going to read some things about yourself that aren't always as flattering as you want them necessarily to be. And what you have to realize is you've progressed professionally over your career. You've gone through training. You've read books. You've recognized the things that you have to work on to be successful in what you do, exactly right. like you have, Dr. Leroy. So that excellent Thank point. You. Thank now, you. let's take this to a practical application. We're working mm -hmm. with somebody who is in a career change, and perhaps they're 
looking at, you know, business possibilities with Jason and I, perhaps they're also having interviews and seeing what the wage market holds. What this gives us the ability to do, and we've all had those awkward interview questions, right? <clears throat> Tell me about a time when you rose to the occasion. And you're like, really? But when you, when you look at DISC and when you agree with what the narrative says, it creates very powerful I statements about you. And you can think back across your experience and say, what's a good example of this? So Leroy is it the team member who tries to keep others on task. Let's just say that would be something that you want to talk about in an interview, right? So somebody asked that question, tell me about your proudest achievement. Could you think of a time when you took charge of a team and drove them to better results, Dr. Leroy? Wow. Uh, before I even answer that, you know, I just had a revelation. I wish disc assessments were given before uh, candidates get interviewed. And I might bring it up in my next uh, HR, um, my next HR meeting instead of tell me about the time where you had a tough situation and what was the outcome. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Flashback. Um, well, uh, I. I go to and dream by results. He's a team member who will try to keep others on task. I mean, simply put, uh, I can be seen sometimes as <clears throat> at one time uh, kind of a slave driver because, you know, I am that kind of individual that I, I know how to do it right. And I want to make sure that although to be creative, that we stay, you know, on schedule to do things when we create um, or when we do certain tasks. So um, <clears throat> a time. I guess is that in my, in job wise is uh, when I was a consultant for a healthcare company, and uh, we, you know we went over this uh, this curriculum for employee engagement survey, and um, I was kind of the guy to say you know what we should do A B and C because it would yield A B and C results. Um, because I, I, I can be seen as somewhat of a taskmaster um, because, you know what, I, I know that I want to see the person succeed, which is my mantra, is, is that when you meet me, uh, you'll get to a better level after we're done. And um, being keeping others on tasks to make sure that they, number one, fulfill their promise, because you know what? I, I am a firm believer that if you're lazy with me, imagine how you'll be lazy with a customer or imagine how you'll be lazy with a client you know we're humans of habit you know if we can get away with it once if we get in a step in the same situation we, we're going to test it again and that may be that one relationship that you don't want to um you don't want to destroy so i i do uh and i have been kind of the obnoxious one of saying you know what we shouldn't do this. This is a waste of time. You should be doing that. I, I am kind of that guy, but you know, getting on in my years, uh, I don't have the pep to do that. Not as much anymore. So, <clears throat> well, you know, that's interesting that you say that because I'm going to scroll down a little bit to uh, the natural and adapted style graphs, and we're going to I'm going to blow them up in a minute. We'll look at them in a much much larger version, but. Jason touched on the D factor, and the D is that dominance. It's that risk-taking, that leadership acumen, right? And when it says you see a vision not always seen by others, that by nature is going to put you in a position of stepping in front of folks and going, no, guys, it's this way. Come on. Um, but what's interesting in your profile and the natural, and for those of you who haven't taken this, natural attempts to identify who you are by your core. More specifically, when you're put in times of stress or pressure, this is the you that shines through. 
Um, so high in that leadership acumen, but balanced through people, right? So you can see the D and the I, the I for the influencer. You lead with and through people. Your commitment is to develop others. And oh, by the way, that C factor, that means that you are process oriented in how you lead people. So there is a vision for data right. and details. There's an honor to the process that things take, but it's really driven by the vision and the relationship. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Yep. Um, yeah, so we're going to, oh, I like this, change agent, challenge-oriented, initiates activity. You get bored easy, don't you? Really, I do. <laughs> I really do. I, I really do. Oh, my God. I really. I, I think that's the reason why I can't work in corporate America because I'm like, this needs to change. I, I, I don't want to put together widgets. I was never that guy. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of that, there's nothing wrong with people generally on the higher end of the S scale for steadiness. These are people that really enjoy the predictability of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. you know? And we, we need those people. And those are honorable careers, whether it's delivering mail. Oh, it is. Amazon. Yes, sir. Yes, I sir. couldn't do those things. You couldn't do those things. But I honor and respect the people that can. It's just not how we're wired by nature. That's that's true. I always say, even in fast food, I always say fast food workers are the workers that I most have humble respect for, because to have that patience to serve, not only get food in and out of a fryer, but to have to smile at customers who don't really acknowledge you. I mean, God bless them. God bless them. Yeah. So I agree. put yourself back in the <coughs> ambition spot for just a moment and pretend like okay. you're in that consideration. Mm -hmm. um, you could say to yourself in the interview, is this a challenging environment? Is it fast paced? Do I have the opportunity to lead? Am I going to be working with and developing people? Mm -hmm. These are all check marks that you may know about yourself. You may have appreciated in the past, but when you see them in writing, they become very tangible. And mm -hmm. in that career exploration, they define what it means to not step on the treadmill. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, then you get to that awkward question where you're like, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm Dr. Leroy. You know, I'm competitive, I'm decisive and venturesome, but I'm also a trusting person. I like to work with people, develop people, and I tend to stay very active in what I do. And I tend mm -hmm. to be firm in my process, right? Right. Damn. All from these words that are keywords. Do you disagree with any of those? No, I don't. I mean, that, that's pretty much a good balance. By the way, uh, can I have I I have these results, don't I? Or no? Okay, I, I got to look for them then. Because uh, uh, would you mind Jason sending me or Philip? Would you mind sending me a copy of this just in case? Yeah, I'll get it up to the top of your inbox right now. You guys are talking. Thank, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So I want to explore something else. And full disclosure to the audience, I've not prepped Dr. Leroy for the next question I'm going to ask him. Um, I you know. am not a paid actor. <laughs> you know, um, IO psychology, that's what brought all of us together. And I'm fascinated with the organization that you're creating. And would you say that the organization is dynamic, but still developing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, organization, uh, what organization are we talking about, by the way? So I don't want to sound like a quack. IO psychology. Oh, in general, um, then the field is rapidly getting, gaining traction. I mean, corporations are now seeing, especially with the pandemic coming on, that uh, we have people and not assets. Uh, we, we have human beings that live, breathe, and eat, 
and uh, we can't just do the whole 90s, 2000s corporate thing anymore. At least some corporations do see that. But, you know, the challenge still is that they don't want to let go of that command and control traditional industrialism. Um, they still want to kind of say, you know, what? Well, we'll still pay you a little bit. We'll still treat you, but you still got to make more money for the company or save money for the company. And what they're going to run into, I think, is that we have a generation now who will quit at the drop of a dime and won't care uh, if they leave your job high and dry or not. And I think the corporations that or the organizations that aren't changing are, I mean, really going extinct because they're not going to have people to run their businesses. Like prime example, I'm just going to this real quick. Prime example is like uh, the argument, like Jason, we, we talked about before the podcast about the employee employee tracking systems or installing software on a take on a work from home laptop. I mean, we, we keep up this industrialized trend that is going to serve no purpose but this but to take a computer and look for another job because i got i got to tell you if i found out you were tracking me on a computer i'd quit that there's no need for me to work for you i i i'm not cattle you you don't have to track my every move and as an asset i i i can't get with that i mean that there's to no me is there. a yeah that that to me is a modernized form of slavery with the exception of being paid a fixed wage Interesting. So <clears throat> getting back to the career transition analogy, and that's not the case for you. You're, in fact, very well established both in your practice and in the teaching that you do, right? You're a, right. I want to say you're a college professor, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. That, that yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. So what's very interesting about you is the difference between your natural and adaptive style. Because while you have this drive, this vision to build something, and certainly that's what I think the IO organization that you champion is doing over time. You're also rolling up your sleeves and you're rolling up your sleeves by leadership and process helping people. And so there's a pretty dramatic shift between your natural and adaptive style, but right. I would dare say that's intentional on your part. That is the practical application of your practice. Would you agree? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's correct. Um, but where this matters is you are doing these things intentionally, but if you were in career transition, we would have a real conversation about this um, mm -hmm. because in theory, it takes a great deal of energy to change yourself, to adapt the circumstances significantly. The theory behind DISC is that 50 yard mark, if you will, if that were a football field, when you push something above or below that line, it right. takes significant energy to, to maintain that over time. And it's not always sustainable unless it's purposeful. And in right. your case, we know that it is. Um, what would I say if you were currently out of work and looking for roles? I would say you're tuning down your interpersonal skills. You're probably early in the interview process. You're in the formalities of applying. You're very diplomatic and purposed. But perhaps you're letting go of the strengths that really make you who you are. And that's that dynamic leadership and those interpersonal skills. And perhaps letting go of that formality in exchange for how you're naturally wired is going to get you more resonance in your interviews. Does that make sense? Perfectly. Yeah. So before we move off the behavior and communication styles, is there anything you wanted to touch on, either of you, that we didn't visit on? No, I, I really like this. I, I really, God, I wish disc assessments were done before we interviewed people. This, this, this would definitely be really wild. Really well, wild. This is where the real magic happens. So 
what we looked at is the you that people see and the you that you feel you are. That's the natural and the adapted style. Mm -hmm. uh, how your core communication drives you, maybe how you've made some adaptations across your career to address some of the things. And look, we all have shortfalls, especially right. uh, yours truly, right? And that's why I have a ton of books over here and other things. So we've talked about that. But what I really am fascinated with is what drives people to be who they are and to do the things that they do. And DISC actually attempts to assess that. So I'm going to step on a live wire here without a net below me, and I'm going to talk about these motivating factors. And I want you to tell me if DISC is incorrect in this. Can you center that a little bit more? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, drag How's that? Right. One, more, one more click. There you go. Perfect. Beautiful. So the, the, the greatest driving force, motivating force for you, according to what DISC would suggest, is efficiency, practical results, return on investment. Now, what does that mean? That means, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, that means, or DISC would suggest, you spend time where there's benefit. You assess before you get involved in a relationship to be sure that there is value on both ends of the equation. Would you disagree with that? I would not. So that's step number one. Is there value in the equation to both people involved? Step number two, receptive. Mm -hmm. Are the people I'm working with or talking to, are the people I'm partnered with open to innovation and new ideas? And if so, that motivates me to see return on investment in that relationship. Would that be true too? Yes. So where are we going here? We're going here primary here being the next highest in the bar, let's mm -hmm. move down. Once you've made those determinations, DISC would then suggest that the uh, collaboration between people drives you. So mm -hmm. you've assessed them for the value. Is it mutual or not? Yes or no. Are they open to new ideas and willing to explore? In your case, you know, IO psychology, if people aren't willing to explore new ideas, then they're stuck in a behavior pattern for the rest of their lives, right? So it makes sense that those things would be the case. But as soon as you've determined that, then it's all about building collaboration between you and someone else, right? So that would be the next driver. Is that correct as well? Yes. Um, function compartmentalization would be the next driver. And mm -hmm. thinking about how that applies to you, and it's interesting, is that once a person has made that commitment that they're open to new ideas, I would assume, and I've never been your um, client, you know, I've never worked with you on a psychologist patient level, if you will. Right. Um, but I would assume that you're then breaking out their life into different sections, personal and professional. And you're beginning to look at each very systematically for what's working, what isn't, and what improvements they may want to see. Is that all correct? Correct. And then look at this. The next highest thing is altruism, serving with compassion. So let's go back through this, right? Is there mutual benefit? Yes or no. If there is, are you open to new ideas? Yes or no. If you are, um, collaboration, sharing of information back and forth, and then looking methodically across a person's life because you want to give back to the people that you work with. That's what yes. this would tell me motivates you. Yes, that is correct. Pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, is, is it okay if I, I comment on something? I would love you to. I, you know, I'm looking at Harmonist, and uh, that's my least favorite 
and uh, also structured. Uh, so I'm looking at those two of the least, um, and they're neck and neck. Uh, so I looked at structured. I, I really thought being an organizational psychologist, it, it's funny that this is my least or last step. I mean, harmonious, I can definitely agree with. Uh, I'm a rebel. I, I just never go with the flow of things. If I, if I don't find it necessary uh, and I don't waste my time, it's just, I, I'm not Mr. Agreeable and, you know, it's something I have to work on, but structured, like ideology proven methods, I'm surprised that's small. I, I well, really am. Let's talk about that because um, working with people is a, and just like Jason and I in our coaching is a very dynamic and evolutionary process. And certainly you apply a methodology to the conversations you have. But if you had a firm structure that everybody had to follow, mm-hmm. a proven method that you had to stick to, you might not be able to help as many people as you do when you're open and receptive and you're dynamic in terms of the conversations you're willing to have. Because then there isn't this fixed set of things. There isn't we take step A, we take step B, we take step B. It Mm -hmm. says we take step A, but we may go straight to Z and come back to step B later because it's based on you. It's based on the needs of the situation. And we may forget the entire alphabet, go in a whole new direction because that might be what's right for you. Right. Right. How do you feel about it now? Mm, I mean, you know what? I began thinking about something and one word does come to mind called personalization. So I don't really, I do believe in the difference of every human being, just like you and Jason are not in the same person. You may have the same interests, but you have, you know, a different, I guess, uh, approach or engagement in building relationships. So with me, I do believe in personalization. So I may not, I mean, we may have, I may not, ha- I may have conversations with Jason. I may not have conversations with you and vice versa. Um, and if you needed help, I can't, I- I'm not a cookie cutter person. So I guess that kind of does fit in with my, uh, my psyche um, yep. because I am more about personalization because you can't help, help everybody the same way. You know, there are people that are more in need and less in need. And I would judge them by where they're, I guess, foundation is so I can help them properly. So now I kind of see where that fits in. Yeah. Now let me ask you about harmonious. Um, What's more important to you? Somebody liking you, let's say someone that you're working with professionally, having them like you or achieving the outcome that you and that person are both seeking. I would have to go with the, with the second one. I've never been a human being to I, I really don't care if people don't like me and that's a whole I know that's a conversation a before they recording <laughs> I, I mean I, honestly I mean not but let me let me uh let me defend or well, not defend but let me clarify it's not that I go out of my way to make people not like me if if in a sense but I'm going to be me I'm going to say what I need to say, but I want to be respectful about it. But the fact of the matter is, I, I, if I got to go through, I always believed if I got to go through that much trouble for you to like me, then we never were meant to be engaged to begin with. And I'm very comfortable with people not liking me because I'm going to tell them the truth and I'm going to tell them hopefully to save For them. Some. I Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you don't like me. So what? And boom, that's exactly what this is about. So when you form a relationship with somebody you're working with, it's not, you know, uh, happy harmony all day long. In fact, sometimes you really have to call a person out on their shit. Excuse the language, but it's true. 
sometimes you've got to stand them up and say, listen. Ladies and gentlemen, this, right this is the first time Phil finally said shit on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Are you, you know. serious? And we're recording this? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, got something, I got something to tell my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you know that Philip Mackel actually cussed? He cussed. He said it once. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you got to call people out on their shit. And that means you're not maintaining harmony. You're not just trying to keep people happy. You're not so worried about, oh, is everybody smiling today? Good. We're all getting along. Because you're not afraid of confrontation because growth comes from confrontation. Yes. So if you were, as an IO psychologist, balanced on the harmonious side, mm-hmm. you might be in a different aspect of, of IO psychology. You might be leading groups to get teams to consensus. You might not be working directly with individuals. I right. don't think you can be harmonious with individuals because we all have baggage. We've all made mistakes. We all have perceptions that need to change. And our job is to challenge those perceptions, right? Correct. Boom. Oh, yeah. All right. Is that the last page you're going to share? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to touch on one more thing very quickly. Um, and that's page 11. So bear with me as I scroll up here. Because the other thing, and there's so much more we haven't touched on, um, but one of the other things I did want to just share briefly is that while we are wired the way that we are, we also recognize the unique individuality of other people, right? And um, understanding quickly how another person communicates, even without the benefit of them doing a disc report, helps us adapt the way that we share information with people in good faith for the right reasons, not manipulating people. But we understand that someone that has a very high estimate is very slow to trust usually, right? They want to build a long-term relationship. So they, they might not be as forthcoming with information initially, and that's okay. Their first goal is to find out whether or not you're someone that they can trust. And if you are, you're likely to have a friendship with that person the rest of their lives because right. they hang on to people they find value in. Very different than a person with a high eye who's just like, hey, how was your day? My day is great. I played with my grandkids and I did this and I did that. And they're very social and they want you to be engaged. Call them right? the squirrels chasers. Respect, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want to be dry and matter of fact with a high eye person because in your profession, you're not going to be able to help them because they're not going to let you in the door. They're going to be like, well, this guy's just, you know, way too precise. He's like a surgeon. I don't want to work with a surgeon. I want to work with somebody I like and I enjoy talking to, right? The, the C factor appreciates structure, formality. And while you're presenting the same value to everyone, you're presenting it in a different way by structuring that conversation, by saying, listen, I want to be respectful for your time, uh, of your time. So here's what we're hoping to accomplish today. Is that what you hope to accomplish as well? And people that are driven by high C's appreciate the respect that you show them in having that agenda scheduled. Whereas somebody that's a D is like, let's get to the facts, baby. Let's drill and do this thing. Here's what's wrong. Here's what I need to fix. What can you bring to the party, right? Yep. So understanding yourself also informs how you can understand others and best communicate more effectively with others. All right, now I'm done. All right. Let's stop the screen share if we can. Oh, that'd be on my end. Yep. Interesting. That was great, man. Love that That feedback. That was awesome. That was awesome.
So, so these are some things that um, we bring to the table um, in our individual coaching. And we actually, um, in the Facebook group, uh, beginning of the year, beginning of the year, uh, January 4th, I'm going to put out a post and I'm going to leave it up to the first, uh, let's say 10 people that respond to this. And we're going to give them a free disc assessment. We're going to go through this with them for free. So this is what? Doing something like this, these these executive um, assessments from TTI, I think they're about three hundred dollars a piece or something like that. So it's like a three hundred, probably more than that, because we're doing the the forty six pager. So four hundred bucks, Phil's saying, is four hundred dollar value. So we're going to invest in you guys. So first ten people, when you see that post uh, January fourth, that re- first first ten people that reply. Either myself or Phil, we're going to go through that disc assessment with them, and uh, you know, get you started on the on a new year on a in a on a great foot. Uh, we're also considering, well, we're not considering, we're doing it. We're going to build a that course. We are going to include this disc in that course so that you can get additional value in that. And um, more to come to that because we're still in the planning phases, and we've got some really great ideas um, in the future. Right, guys. All right, guys. I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, I know Phil's got to get to a meeting, and Dr. Leroy needs to cool down from his run still and turn his fan back on. So, <laughs> for those of you that are listening on the podcast, um, tune in on YouTube, uh, doing the thing podcast YouTube channel if you want to see the visuals with the disc assessment and everything, because it's hard to kind of visualize that over just a podcast recording. So pop on over on YouTube and check that out. Uh, if you're not in the Facebook group, find us some franchise possibilities in the Facebook group. We'll be reposting this again and you'll see this content some more. Uh, for those of you on, that are on Facebook that look like you're all popping out already. Thanks for joining us and saying hi and we'll, we'll be with you guys the rest of the week. All right. Oh, we finally stopped recording. Now, Jason, where's that two million you owe me for taking this test? <laughs>